the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Porter. And I am Charlotte Porter. How are we doing, Charlotte? I'm good. How's things? Not bad. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been up to this week, as usual. And later on in the episode, we're going to talk a bit about Twitch and how that figures into tabletop gaming. But first, we have a little bit of housekeeping. Yes, so we have a new shout-out for our new patron, uh, Barry Collier. Mm-hmm. So, massive thank you to Barry. Your t-shirt and your dice are on their way to you. But also on the subject of Patreon, um, we actually sent out our first care package. So, our top tier reward is um, a monthly send out with little bits and bobs from gaming, the gaming so world. A, li- a little lucky bag. So, we sent our first one out to our lucky patron and we had a whole host of things in it. Yep. We managed to grab some of the the promotional stuff from UK Games Expo, put in that. What else do we have in it? We we had um, a token tray made by Trollhound Games. You can check them out. Our friend Tim has started out his little tabletop gaming accessory venture. Um, As you say, we had a few promo items from UK Games Expo. I think there was some Geek and Sun dice. Uh, I think there was a a lanyard. uh, Wristband. Yeah, and Age of Sigmar pin, yep. so lots of fun little things that you probably aren't going to be able to get in the shops. But I'm excited to be be going out and trying to source yeah. things to, to put in them, to send out. So if anybody's got anything they want to put in it, hit us up with an email and let us know. Yeah, if you are a developer or a publisher and you've got um, little trinkets and things that we can incorporate into these bags, then let us know. Happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah, so that is winging its way to Mr. Bowers. Yes. And as we just said, uh, Barry has joined the, the, the ranks of the the frog fans. I yep. don't think we've quite decided on a name for yet, them yet. No. but um, And he's found himself on the website. Yeah, on yes. the, the Wall of Fame. The Wall I of Fame. I believe it is. Yes. Yeah, a very prestigious achievement indeed. indeed. Yep. So... Um, well, before we talk about what we've been up to, let's talk about what's been going on in the wider world of gaming. So, first things first, I think I mentioned to you before we came on the show, uh, Cool Mini or Not, who are one of the the more well-known... Do a lot of licensed games, they, don't they? Well, no, well they, they do some licensed games, but they do some with their, their own IP yeah, as well. They yeah. do Zombicide and all that, but they're, they're well known for doing big, expensive games yeah. that uh, with a lot of uh, miniatures in them. Um, stuff that and, you love. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> though some of the Cool Money or Not stuff, I'm, I'm not, too yeah. sh- not too sure about at the moment. And one of the complaints, certainly, of Cool Money or Not um, in, in recent years, although it's maybe changed with Rising Sun, was that um, a lot of their games tend to look very spectacular but don't have a lot of depth to them. Okay. okay. Um, so, uh, as we're saying, Cool, cool Money or Not are one of the, the more well known. Uh, developers and publishers that uh, that use the Kickstarter platform, yeah. um, and, and we have spoke about them in the past as to whether they need to be on Kickstarter. Yeah, cause I, th- I think Josh is in the process of, of looking into this because they they cer- certainly um, it's not unusual for a cool money or not game to to make over a million yeah. on Kickstarter, and it seems as though they're they're running them at least every couple of months. Uh, cool money or not has a, a new game or a new version of a game or an expansion of a game on Kickstarter so they they, they are quite dominant yeah. on the platform yeah. 
But um, they, they've announced uh, a, a new miniatures game called uh, Cthulhu Death May Die. Um, looks vaguely interesting. Uh, I, I, I don't really know... You would be sold on the theme, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would, but I've seen some of the artwork and I guess I, I don't really see how cool many are not are going to be able to add to it in a, in a meaningful way, at least in a more meaningful way than, than Fantasy Flight mm. have uh, have explored the, the Cthulhu mythos. Because, um, I mean, I've said it several times, we, we, we love Arkham Horror, yeah. the card game. Yeah. It's, uh, in my opinion, one of the best tabletop games out there at the moment, particularly if um, you you become quite invested in, in storytelling. So, um, But, I mean, that remains to be seen. All we've seen so far of the game is a couple of the, the miniatures yeah. that are going to be in it. I guess the, the, the main thing that we wanted to talk about Cool Mini or Not for was that they, they've also, off the back of this new Cthulhu game, mm-hmm. Announced that they're going to be doing a kick-ass yes. licensed board game, yep. <clears throat> but so that that's fine. Whatever you know, it's uh, and as as I think we've said before in the podcast, uh, a licensed board game uh, isn't necessarily a bad thing in the way that licensed video games yeah. were generally terrible. Yeah. That they're, they're actually the um, very often. Um, it's the the contrary is true, yeah. where um, uh, essentially they they take the bare bones of of a game and slap the yeah the the license on it, um, and you 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 know some very good and Battlestar Galactica yeah. is a very good game. Um, I guess um, if we're you know talking about Games Workshop, the Middle Earth strategy battle game that's a licensed game, also yeah. very good. Um, but the to to return to to Kickass. The thing that's particularly weird about this announcement is that they said that it's going straight to retail. Yeah. Which you think that's fine, okay. Um, I guess there's maybe a number of uh, of reasons they've decided to do that, but it raises the question again, as you've said earlier, yeah. if they're in a position to be doing that, yeah, why are they using Kickstarter as much as they are? Or in the way that Kickstarter works. Why not just simply have an online shop where you can pre-order? Yeah. Because essentially that's what they're doing with Kickstarter. Because yeah. they don't need the money up front. They don't need the investment, technically. Yeah. The obvious answer yeah. for you know why they just going through Kickstarter is that it, it gets rid of any financial yeah. risk for them. Yeah. But as you say, we're getting to the stage of like why, why bother with Kickstarter at all? Why mm. not just have your own pre-order yeah. system Service, online? Yeah. But um, off the back of that... Another piece of news which is actually tied quite into this is that um, Monolith, Monolith who produced Conan yep. and uh, the Batman board game yes. and Mythic Battles okay. Pantheon, which is like Greek mythology, uh, gods and monsters battling. Uh, it's another, again, they do a lot of uh, games that have a lot of minis in them. Yeah. They have just, uh, I think it was just yesterday, they're, they're going to be changing up how they how they do things, at least for their next couple of games. They're they're trying out a, a different uh, system. Okay. So what what they're gonna be doing and I had to read this article a couple of times because I felt like am I missing something yeah. here? But um what they said was that they're they're going to um instead of doing the normal system of you pledge for the game. Yeah. And then you get it a year later. 
what they're going to do is they are just going to, once the game's ready, the games are going to go to the shipping hubs, as they normally do for a Kickstarter, but you just pay for it and order it okay. when it's ready, and then it gets shipped out to yeah. you, like, more or less straight away. Um which is fine. Again, you know, the companies are trying something a bit different. But again, why go down the, the whole road of Kickstarter? Kickstarter. And it's um, apparently they've been meeting with Kickstarter and they've been discussing this. So that, so this is still going to yeah. all go through Kickstarter. But um, they said some quite revealing things in, in the announcement when they when they first said that they're going to be trying out this new... Um, this new system mm-hmm. and I was quite surprised that um, to hear a, a big company or at least a relatively big company yeah. like Monolith talking as candidly about this they, they actually at one point say that we all know that stretch goals are a sham they're basically a marketing gimmick which is because because as they say that um, the cost for all those stretch goals is accounted into yeah. the initial cost of the game where maybe like back in the day when Kickstarter yeah. first started, people were like, oh, let's add this on. Well, that's but, what I was going to say. It's maybe not relevant to them because they're not in a position, obviously, where they need Kickstarter. Yeah. But I'm just thinking about for a lot of the um, game developers that we know, Kickstarter is probably one of the only viable it, options. Yeah. And actually, the, the, the stretch goals probably will serve them yeah. to, to do that. No, I get that, but it's um one of the other things that they say that's really interesting is that um certainly as as far as uh, monolith stats go. Yeah. Apparently um they don't get uh, a whole lot of new customers whenever they do a new project. So it's just recurring. Well, what they've said is that only about 10% of the customers on a given project are new customers. The rest are just returning. So I think the implication there is that Kickstarter is starting to plateau yeah. a little bit. Or I suppose, is it maybe being saturated? Because it used to be, back in the day, it was, you know, anything. Everything was on Kickstarter. I bought a jacket off of Kickstarter, you know, and it's things that are all about innovation and design. Yeah. And I think that's not what's happening now. And I, I, I we were talking to somebody last week, I think, actually, who we were talking about the idea of maybe having a specific tabletop gaming Kickstarter-esque crowdfunding platforms I know that certainly Elisar from Capital City Entertainment when we were talking to him he mentioned that uh, there is a German company that's right that's right that's who it was that that does that that has a crowdfunding platform and it's exclusively for independent uh, tabletop games so I I think it's something I would like to see uh, people looking into in the future because my, my my opinion on it has slowly been shifting to um, over the months to I, I, I do think that Kickstarter has been straight up hijacked yeah. by big companies yeah. and uh, and the fact that, because uh, one of the things we've said before is that Kickstarter is more or less uh, a pre-order service yes. for people like Cool Mini or not, yeah. but this announcement from Monolith means that Kickstarter is going from a crowdfunding platform to pre-order service to online yeah. shop yeah, if that's what it's going to be, that's fine. But that's not what it says it is. That's not what Kickstarter oh. sells itself as. And I think it's maybe having a bit of an identity crisis at the yeah. moment. Maybe, and I, I, th- I think that it, it's not just that, um, like Monolith will maybe, you know, try and suggest that the that you just don't get a whole lot of uh, new customers because of the way that the the market is set up. But I do think that there is a big proportion of people that are disengaging from Kickstarter because 
well, there, there's been a bunch of scandals for one, yeah. but there's also the the cost of these games is creeping up and creeping up, yeah. and you, you know, a lot of the time you're out of pocket for over a hundred pounds yeah. for for like a year, two yeah. years sometimes. I even wonder, just thinking there, actually, how many people browse Kickstarter? How many people go to Kickstarter? to find a game rather than to know about a game and then be referred to Kickstarter to purchase it. Yeah. How many people think, let's go and see what who I can support and what I can do? Because that's essentially what it was designed to do. I think I think in the beginning there was a lot of people that did that, but yeah. I, I think it's back to that thing we were saying of um, monolith stats suggest to yeah. me that a lot of people are disengaging yeah, with, with from, from Kickstarter. And I think eventually it's going to start dipping. Yeah, yeah. And certainly, uh, you've got to admire Monolith for at least, um, you know, trying to read the the writing on the wall and anticipate yeah. what they're going to do as their next step. Because they're obviously thinking, if this is starting to plateau, it's only a matter of time before it dips. Yeah. So we need to be ahead of them. We need to ch- uh, have yeah. a change attack. So um, yeah, I guess we'll we'll see how it goes. So like we said we've just heard those. That's been the past couple of days. So we'll see where yeah where things go. Yeah. So, um, what have we been up to? We decided yeah. to actually crack open uh, Pasta Carcosa. Yes, we did. Yes. Um, so I, I've been playing as William Yorick, who is the the grave digger. Yep. He's one of the new characters from the Pasta Carcosa cycle. And who were you playing as? I can't remember their name. All I can think of Lola Daisy, Hayes. Daisy yeah, Walker. Daisy. I thought, Look, I'm not playing Lola. I'll keep you right. I'll keep you right. <laughs> I'm playing Daisy, and I should yeah. know that because my niece is called Daisy. <laughs> you're a horrible aunt. I'm a horrible, horrible aunt. <laughs> yeah. Um, so your character is. Um, she uses lore. Yes. And mystic. She's all about the tomes. Yeah, so she's all about the research so and she's... dabbling in a little bit of the occult. I like to envision it in my head where she's just running around with this like satchel full of books yeah. and throwing them at people. Well, she is the librarian. Yeah, she is the librarian. So that that's all very fitting. And uh, William Yorick is a failed actor <laughs> turned grave digger. <laughs> yep. Um, but what's really fun about the, the William Yorick character is that you get to uh, recycle cards. Yeah. Um, because it's like he's digging stuff up, so you can you can bring allies back into the game, yeah. and you can bring weapons and things like that in. So, we we've only played the the first stage of it, but what what do you think of it so far? I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. There was a bit where I I, I think maybe we maybe hadn't quite fully grasped what was happening. Yeah. Or how the how the game was moving forward, and it did feel like we were just sort of going back and forth for a while. But I, I know what you mean about the the pace, and yeah. it's also this thing of uh, the is it's, there's this really funny thing, and Ian's spoken about it before. Is the, the Ian way, McAllister? Ian McAllister of the Giant Brain, who, who's also a huge fan of uh, the Arkham Horror card game. It's the the um, the way that um, the designers of the game lull you into a false sense of security. By by teaching you these mechanics, yeah. but then constantly violate that trust yeah. by, like they'll tell you to note things down. Like if you go through this suitcase, write down in your campaign record that you did that. And sometimes it'll have no effect yeah. on the story, but sometimes it will. So, it, you, you've you've always got this thing of like, ah, you know, I, I could do this thing. Yeah. But I don't know what the consequences are. Was there not be. one before where you got pulled up for stealing? Or something. No, I, I. I I was drunk. 
You were no, you were drunk. <laughs> so yeah, that yeah, that, that was, was re- that was reflected, and I think you had a penalty to your skill test. But um, I I cheated. That's right. Yeah. At cards, and um, it so it, it's almost like you've got this this mechanic of tempting fate. Yeah. Um, into the story because what happened? Which afterwards, is very Lovecraftian, to be honest. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so what happened after that was that we we had to add a, another nasty token into the yeah. chaos bag. Yeah. So it, it's this idea of that you know like you you try and and cheat the the cosmos. And it's going to punish you for it. Yep. Yep. Um, so it's really looking forward to playing more of the Carcosa cycle. Mm. Uh, a number of people that, um, that we've spoken to have said that Dunwich is good. Yeah. But Carcosa takes. I it really to a whole enjoyed other level. Dunwich. Yeah. Dunwich was a whole like compared to the the base. Yeah. Game. I thought Dunwich was just great. Yeah. There was a couple of episodes that maybe were a bit. What What's actually happening here? Yeah, but, there there was a couple of yeah. episodes where, well, no, there was one episode yeah. where we felt that the difficulty spike was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but other than that, is it was, a, by and large, a very well thought out yeah. campaign. Yeah. Um, we also went to the Glasgow Shadespire um meet up. Yeah. Geek retreat. Yeah. Um. So, it was. My first time uh, trying out my retooled Fire Slayer deck after the Grand Clash yep. at UK Games Expo, um, I, I added some of my promo cards yeah. in there. Um, so I, I I got a couple of games with that, but we also played a, a three multiplayer person. battle. Yeah. yeah, with three players. I like played, that. Played with Graham. I like that. Who was lot. there? Um, I think because I play the Skaven, it aided me in being a bit more sneaky. It, it really reminds me of a scaled down version of the Triumph and Treachery expansion yeah. from from Warhammer Fantasy and Warhammer Age of Sigmar, where it's um, you've got lots of opportunity to um, play nasty tricks on people, and it's great fun. But I think the the key to enjoying it is to not take it too seriously. Yeah. Um, but it's. It's as you say, because you've got three players and you're always having to watch your back, um, it makes for a, a very interesting game. Yeah. And then you've got the three players all potentially playing ploys and traps on each other. Yeah. So it, it, it adds a real madcap layer. Um, a bit more frantic. Feels a bit, bit more... A bit more yeah. frantic, but um, the the normal 1v1 game mode is very competitive, yeah. deeply strategic. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing how just adding a couple of extra players in changes the tone the di- yeah. of the game completely. Yeah. Definitely, um, it's good. Really it's good it. fun, and I, I would yeah. recommend to to anyone that that plays Shadespire yeah. to at least try that out sometime yeah. because I think that even if the uh, the the one v one the and the tactical gameplay of that isn't your bag, there's a good chance that you'll enjoy the the multiplayer yeah. stuff. Yeah. Because, like you say, it's frantic, it's fast-paced. Um, there's a, a lot of swinging back and forth. It, yeah. At times, it can be quite difficult to discern just who's going to come out on top as yeah. well. Because not only are you having to watch the guy next to you and watch your back, you're having to make sure that the guy on the other side of the board yeah. isn't uh, left to score his objectives freely. Yeah. So it's there's a lot more going on, and it's I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, and that was at the. Um the, Shadespire, the Glasgow Shadespire meetup. Yeah, that was a geek retreat. Yeah, I think 
we we went to a couple of them. We yeah. go on the Monday, um, but I think every second Monday they meet in Geek Retreat, and every second Wednesday they meet in Max XP. Yeah. So the the way it works between the two locations is that every week there's people playing Shadespire at yeah. a shop in Glasgow, yeah. be that Geek Retreat or Max, Max XP. XP. So get yourself along, even if you've not tried it. Pop over and ask, because actually a lot of people were asking us, you know, what you're playing, yeah. what's going on. Come yeah, over there's and a lot of interest give it a go. Because it, it's, it, it's really strange. Like we, we'd said before is that at the Grand Clash, loads of the players that had come to that were from the south of England. Yeah. And apparently there's a huge circuit for it in the south of England. But there, there's still a lot of people that don't even know it exists yeah. Yeah. Um, in other parts of the country. But yeah, by all means, if you if you ever see us at Geek Retreat or Max XP, come up and chat to us. Yeah. Um, and uh, we happily talk to you about the game and maybe give you a wee showing of it. Because it did win our Game of the Year. It did. Our uh, Game of the Year 2017. With uh, with very good reason. Yeah. It is a very well designed game. Yeah. And like we say, you know, you can you can be really goofy with the way yeah. you play it, and you can play a, a silly orc deck with lots of uh, lots of traps and other weird things, or you can be very deeply strategic and tactical with it too Um, uh, other things that we've been up to uh, I was in Games Workshop today to pre-order the Soul Wars box set for for Age of Sigmar and uh, I also got some of the Sequitor models which are the the new rank and file Stormcast unit oh yes you made one up looks really nice well I built all three of them up I built all three of them uh, and they I think at first people are oh, more Stormcast, but the, these guys do look and feel quite different. Yeah. I think the idea behind these Stormcast is that they're the ones that guard the Anvil of Apotheosis, which is where all the Stormcast are reforged. So they, they all have a, a sort of magical component yeah. to them. They all have some attunement to magic. and then they're, some like, the, they're reincarnated people, aren't they? Yeah, and spe- specifically the, the Stormcast that make up the Sacrosanct Chamber. Yeah which is what the sequitors and all these new Stormcast are part of, they are made from the reincarnated uh, souls of uh, wizards, seers, yeah. prophets and engineers. So they're, it's the it's the nerdy Stormcast yeah. chamber. <laughs> um, so really looking forward to uh, getting the Soul Wars yeah. box. And I got a look at Malign Sorcery as well, which is the the new cinematic magic yep. expansion for Age of Sigmar. Some of the spells look crazy for So that. it comes with models, doesn't it? Yeah, like... Some of the models are lovely. One of them's a pendulum. Yeah. So it's like the, the classic uh, dungeon trap of the, the huge bladed pendulum. Yeah. And it can swing right across the battlefield and it just takes yeah. out everything that it goes over. Yeah. And on that, before we forget, we were actually in Manchester on... Wednesday, and we, we went into the Games Workshop in Manchester, and they have the most amazing displays. Yeah, and I, I was talking to uh, some of the guys from the Glasgow Games Workshop today, and they were saying that that uh, yeah, um, a few years ago when they still ran Games Day, and they had inter-store competitions to yeah. see which store could make the best board. Apparently Manchester yeah. won it quite consistently. You can tell there's a lot of creative minds yeah. in the Manchester shop. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, there was like the huge uh, Titan, yeah, and then they had the the big uh, medieval citadel yeah. on the yeah. the Warhammer Fantasy side as well. So that, that was really cool. So even if you're not really 
that into Warhammer. If you're in Manchester, pop by the shop just to even have a look at the displays. It's pretty impressive. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um, other things we've been up to, we played a little bit of a game called Zombie Doctor. Yes, we have. Um, we've played two players and we've played a three player. Yeah. So that's something we're probably going to be reviewing in the not so distant future. It's uh, it's quite an interesting little game. Yep. Uh, it's a card based game where you you have a bunch of cards that uh, represent all your body parts, yep. and you're trying to stop yourself from becoming infected and turning into a zombie. So you can amputate your limbs, you can swap limbs with other players, and you can try and grab limbs yeah. from the the morgue to try and keep yourself alive. Yeah. So we'll, we'll probably be talking about that a little bit more in the not so distant future. future. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, that I think that about mostly. covers all that we've been up yeah. to. No, we did meet up with Tristan we from met, yes. Hall or Nothing Productions. Tristan and Francesca Tristan, from yeah. Hall or Nothing Productions, who are absolutely wiped because oh, yeah. they were exhibiting at UK Games Expo and have also just finished the Kickstarter for Lifeform, yep. Yep. which was a game that uh, Tristan and uh, Mark, who was the designer for that yep. game, uh, were on. The, right. the show a yeah. couple of months back uh, we'll to talk to, to us about the, yeah, yeah so link to that in the the show notes uh, check that out really interesting interview yeah. for a, uh, what looks to be a, a, a very interesting game and I think they've got some second prints coming up with stuff haven't they that's yeah, the next got, thing on the agenda yeah they've got 1066 yep. uh, Tears for Many Mothers which is a brand new game that's yeah. coming out and I think they've just done a second print for Gloom of Killforth which yeah. was Tristan's first game yeah. so yeah, they're very busy. Very busy at the moment, um, but it was good to catch up with them. Had some lovely pizza. Um, but yeah, that about yeah. covers all that we've been up to over the weekend. So, Twitch. Yeah, so we we've been thinking about other ways of engaging with our audience, audience. Um, our our listeners, our readers. What uh, one of the things that we've talked about frequently is that we're fully aware that we don't necessarily reach all the people that we want to by doing a podcast because for example we've spoken to a number of people at conventions that just don't listen to podcasts yeah. uh, some people prefer to just read blogs and articles yeah. which so, is why we've, we've yeah. been doing more blogs some people prefer videos um, again we've started doing videos yeah so again twitch allows us to reach a whole other new group of people without actually doing anything more than we're already doing yeah because we're just playing playing games (laughs) and chatting to you guys hopefully is is the plan because i think there would be a problem about trying to fit there's just not enough time in the week to fit something additional in no not not at the moment not at the moment but that you know potentially that's something that that could change in the future um but we we really want to be able to engage with you guys on another level and we feel like Twitch is a really good way of doing that. Yeah. And it also means that we are able to um, not just talk um, about the games we like and why we like them, but show you why we like the games that we like. I will be honest and say that I had only ever thought Twitch was for video games. Didn't know that you could use or you could it could be used and I've yeah. since been on and had a look. And there is there's lots of stuff going on, lots of different games. I looked for Arkham Horror. I was interested to see if there was anything going on there. Someone told me that Twitch was originally set up as like a like a porno thing. 
I don't know how much credibility <laughs> there is in that, but no idea. <laughs> uh, I've had that mentioned to me before. Like the intention was like essentially it was going to be for like cam girls and that to do their. But they met it. a whole new market entirely. Yeah, but I mean, who knew that video <laughs> games were more profitable than porn? Who who knew exactly? There who knew? Go. But um, no. Uh, to to go back to the 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 question of of tabletop games, D and D's massive. Yeah on Twitch and I know that a lot of the the tournaments for things like Magic the Gathering and the Pokemon oh, card yeah. game they, they're streamed on Twitch and they, they put up some pretty big numbers for those sorts yeah. of things um, interesting fact is that Wizards of the Coast said recently that 50% of all new D&D players according to a survey that they did had watched someone else play D D on Twitch oh, first. That's really interesting. Yep, so it it's one of these bizarre things of although one of the reasons that people reckon there there's such a surge in the popularity of analogue games is because it's essentially a reaction to the the dawn of the, the digital age yeah. proper. At the same time, um Things like Facebook, uh, Twitch, yep. uh, you know, apps like Muster, are actually enhancing yeah. people's tabletop yeah. experience by letting them engage with people that they ordinarily audience. wouldn't be yeah. able to, or um, making them aware yeah. of of people that are out there. If they're maybe just someone taking their first steps, they've just got an interest in yeah. it and don't necessarily know anyone that plays those games yet. So, I I think that Twitch is immensely important. Yeah. Um, to tabletop gaming and I think it's going to become even more yeah. important um, and that's certainly something that, that we would like to, to play a part yeah. in and I think we're hoping to try and maybe at least test run it try our first one end of June, beginning of July I think, aren't we? Yeah, so our, our plan is to um, initially because it's going to be a little bit easier to set up our plan is to run uh, an Arkham Horror card yeah. game yep. uh, campaign from the very beginning Yep. and um, they are actually releasing an expansion for the Night of the Zealot base campaign yeah. for the Arkham Horror card game um, over the next month or so so we thought that that would be a pretty good jumping off point to do that but at the same time if you guys are excited for Unlucky Frog coming to Twitch and there's anything in particular that you yep. would like to see us play on a stream let us know because if yeah. enough, if the demand's there, and enough of you yeah. want to see something in particular, then we we absolutely believe in the democracy of fandom. Yep. With regards to that, but mm. um, watch this space yeah. um, because you will very soon see Unlucky Frog playing Arkham Horror in your living room. Yeah. And we will not need to break into your house to do that. That's the good thing you about don't Twitch. Need to don't leave need a to... key under the yeah. mat. Yeah. And on the subject of Twitch, um, I came across it on Facebook. There is a 24-hour board game marathon um, happening um, on the 28th of July for charity. I believe the charity is Cots for Tots, which is a charity that provides uh, housing for parents that are having to stay at the hospital for maybe, you know, like um, they've had a premature child, that type of thing, um, so they can all stay together. So they're having a 24-hour board game marathon and they're going to stream it live on Twitch. So they're asking people to donate. You can donate what you want 
Also, they're looking for participants. So it's in um, Wincanton Memorial Hall, and that's in Somerset, Wincanton and Somerset. So if anyone's interested, wants to get along, wants to find out more, if you if you go on Facebook and search the 24-hour board game marathon, you'll find all the links you need there about where to view it, how to donate, and how to get involved if you're interested in that. And that's the other good thing about Twitch. It's bringing the tabletop community that's together. It. There's a, a sense good of connected and togetherness yeah. that um, you do get from playing tabletop games yeah. but uh, you get it on an international scale Yeah. so even if you can't get along watch, show your support well that's just about all that we've got time for this yep. week um, but there you have it yeah, thank you. you very much for, for joining us and we'll see you next time see you next time Hi guys, it's uh, Josh from the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast here. Thanks for listening to us. And now be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for the Unlucky Frog Gaming. Uh, You can also show your support for Unlucky Frog through Patreon. Be sure to check out our website www.unluckyfrog.com to find out more. Was that so hard? (laughs) Um, Look... (laughs) 